So you think you've got some county line creed because you rode a dirty road or two. You got a mossy hat, uh, mossy oak hat on top of your head and a southern pride tattoo. Yeah, you might have drank a little grain alcohol or haul a little hay, but if you think your boots got more dirt than mine, I've got one thing to say. My town is smaller than your town, and I got a bigger truck or bigger buck and bass on my wall. I got a little bit more kick in my draw. Uh, Y'all, I got a little more spit in my chaw. And my truck's louder than your truck, and my collar's a little more blue. You might think you're a redneck, but I'm rednecker than you. Yes, I am. That's very hard to say the lyrics and not sing the song in my head. The song's full of a boast, you know? We all play that, you know? It's easy for us to boast. I even think, even my kids, and I'm guilty too, but when I was a kid, hey, I can run faster than you. I'm stronger than you. Oh, yeah? Oh, my dad can do this, you know? I have the whole set, the whole volume. I got all the movies. I got all the action figures. Oh, yeah? And we can go on and on and on. And if you have good parents... They taught you that boasting was wrong and not kind. And we're supposed to be kind. So what did you do? Probably the same thing I did. You became more subtle and sly. You didn't tell it, but you were quite, quite sure to make sure everyone saw it, you know? But we all boast. We may not boast with our words. We may boast with our actions. By being around people so that they can see and that you know for sure that they know what you have. And if we're honest, if I'm honest, I still boast. We all boast. So this morning as we look at the problem with boasting, the problem with boasting is not that we boast, but the problem is that we don't boast in the Lord. So let's look at how we can boast correctly in the Lord this morning. So let's go to God's Word. I'm, sh- I'm assuming you guys are there. You can click or, or go. The, the, the words will be on uh, the screen behind me, but we'll read, uh, or I'll read for you, Jeremiah 9, starting at verse 23. Thus says the Lord, Do not be wise. Do not let the wise man boast in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man boast in his might. Let not the rich man boast in his riches. But let him who boasts in, boast in this that he understands and knows me, God says, that I am the Lord who practices steadfast love, justice, and righteousness in, in the earth. For in these things I delight, declares the Lord. The author of this book in Scripture, uh, Jeremiah, Jeremiah was sent to speak truth to the people of Judah, to help them see Uh, the grievous situation that they were in. Because the people had become blinded by the reality and the truth of what was right before them. They assumed that they were okay with God because of their heritage, because of their tradition, because of the history of their past. But politically, socially, financially, morally, and spiritually, they began to decay which was leading to the country's demise. demise. You see, God brought His people out of slavery, out of Egypt, and He made a covenant with them. Hey, Israel, you will be my special possession. 
you will be a kingdom of priests to, to God. Israel will be a holy nation among all of, the, all of the nations. God said, I will fight for you and overcome all of your enemies. God will treat Israel with grace and mercy and forgive her sins. You didn't even know that that covenant, that those promises were great and they saw firsthand what God was doing. Time and time again, God's people turned away from that truth to other gods. So Jeremiah was sent to proclaim truth. He tells them that there is a need to turn to him to be saved. I don't know if this was encouraging or heartbroken, but over a hundred times Jeremiah pleads with them to turn away, to turn around, or repent. Over a hundred times. I heard once said that the best teacher that we have is repetition. We need reminded that we need to turn around. We need to repent from building ourselves up, boasting in ourselves, and turn to the Lord. In church, this might have happened over 2,500 years ago, but our situation is very similar to the situation that we are reading about. See, we can know His Word. We can know His, pro- His promises, yet live in alternative reality and pretend that all is okay and everything is going to work out despite what I want and not what God says. God is calling us out, the church, who's boasting in our wisdom, in our strength, in our riches, and saying that we are to boast in knowing and understanding Him alone. God says, speaks first to the wise, the wise man, to the person who is wise. No longer call, person who's wise is boasting because they no longer call themselves wise because of the Lord, but they have forgotten where their wisdom has come from. Psalm 111 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. No longer put your stock in your education, in your degree, your alma mater, your knowledge or wisdom. It's easy to begin building on your education and your wisdom while forgetting that what you have comes from knowing and understanding the one true God. Next, he says, you got the wisdom, you got the person with the might, the strength, the the influence. Remember, it is God who placed you in this position. Psalms 147, his, God, God's delight is not in the strength of horses, nor is the pleasure in the legs of man. Proverbs 21 says this, the horse is made ready for the battle, but... The victory belongs to the Lord. And last but not least, the rich. Those who have money, those who are wealthy, anyone in this country will fit in this. We are rich. Remember, security is only found in our loyalty to God, not in our resources, not in our wealth. Matthew 19, the rich young ruler goes to Jesus has a conversation with Jesus. He doesn't leave happy. He leaves sad. Why? Because he had great wealth. He didn't want to lose it. In this world, we use money as currency to trade, to buy, and to provide. 
You're able to buy a variety of things, but you can never buy true security. Money can buy good insurance, can buy good surveillance or security systems or malware or whatever is out there, but they're only a false security. There will always be someone who can figure a way around it or there will always be fine print to nullify it. True security comes from the Lord and can never be bought. John 10:28, and this is a great verse to memorize if you memorize Scripture. I give them eternal life, Jesus says, and they will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. What a great promise. And so you might be here listening to this, saying that I am a Christian. I know this. But have you began following what Jesus is teaching you? Because remember, the, pro- the problem is not that we boast. The problem is that we are not boasting in the Lord. As Jeremiah was telling the people of Judah, God is telling us today, the path that you're on, the path that our country is on, with our wisdom, our strength, and our wealth, they will fail us. And so when we boast in these things, we're puffing ourselves up in these things, it's futile. We just take a little needle, pop, and off it goes to nothing. They are not sufficient in the delight that we have because of God. You might put your stock in regular attendance, your generous offerings, your willingness to serve, or just your, your heartbeat, your desire of, of, of meaning, attempting well, or you have got baptized, or you've, you've taken communion. You might want God's delight, and you want Him to be happy with you. But these things the Lord does not take delight in. He doesn't delight in your smartness, in your strength, in your, in your wealth. And I, I was thinking through why, why do we boast? And I think if I'm honest with you, I subtly, slyly boast because I want to be admired. You know, I, I want someone to like me. I want someone to run to me because I know I have the answers. I want my kids to know that they can come to me because I will tell them the truth and I will love them despite whatever smart decision they make or lack thereof. And I forget that I am first and foremost that I am loved by God and that my value is not in my possessions and not in my acceptance from others or my quality of how I can do my job. But that all comes from the Lord. He is the one that gives me value. He is the one that gives me worth. Verse 24 says this, But let him who boasts, which is all of us, right? We all, we all boast. So all of us who boast, let's boast in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord who practices steadfast love, justice, and righteousness in all the earth. We all boast. But the problem is that the problem is that we do that we don't boast, the problem is that we don't boast in the Lord. And, the, and God is calling us 
to boast in understanding and knowing him, specifically his steadfast love, his justice, and righteousness. But understanding him and knowing about God is different than, is, is different than simply understanding and knowing him. That's confusing. What I'm saying is there's a difference between me knowing Buffalo Bill and me understanding and knowing my dear friend. Because with Bill, I can read him, I can study him, I can find out a lot of different facts about him. And not being native to Wyoming, there's a lot that I could learn from Bill. But the discussion is one way, and it's very monologued. But with my friend, on the other hand, most often when him and I have a conversation, it's over food, over a drink, it's casual, there's dialogue. Conversation goes back and forth. It might start going one direction and then, what, man, man's brains are like spaghetti. We'll, we'll jump over here and start, somehow it's connected. You know, it turns, it goes off script. It's never planned. I get to know him and he gets to know me. It's a back and forth. Knowing Bill doesn't change me as knowing my dear friend. Because when I have a conversation with my dear friend, it affects me and reveals to me about who I am, and I hope it changes me for the better. Knowing Bill, Bill requires nothing of me, whereas my dear friend reveals all of who I am. God is not saying, I want you to know about me, facts about me, wait till I'm dead in the obituary and read about me. No, he's inviting you out for dinner to have a conversation, to have a dialogue. One verse that I often pray for myself and pray for others is James 2.19. I, I did not put it up on the screen, but it says, you believe that God is one. Well, good for you. Even the, even the demons believe and they shudder. See, even the demons know and understand who God is. But they will not be in heaven. They are not following Jesus. A.W. Tozer, in, in one of his well-known well writings, says this, that what comes into your mind when you think of God is the most important thing about you. For this reason, the gravest question before the church is always God himself. The most portentous fact about any man is not what he at any given time might say or do, but what he in his deepest heart, conceive God to be like. He goes on to say that uh, if we were able to extract from any man or woman to complete the answer to this question, what comes into your mind when you think about God, we might predict with certainty the spiritual future of that man. So what do you know about God? What do you understand about God? Because it is important. John Calvin went on and, and as he talks about this passage, embellished it even more. He said that we see with all ambition, with all fervor, everyone pursues his own fancy. While hardly one in a hundred attempts to spend half an hour in a day in seeking the knowledge of God. And there's also another evil, a false opinion, which proceeds from our pride that to know God is a common thing. We need to know God. Christ follower, if you're not in his word, you're not able to boast correctly 
and knowing and understanding our God. God says to boast in how he practices steadfast love, justice, and righteousness. Let's look at the, the, the latter two, justice and, and righteousness. Justice, very legal term. If you've dealt with the court system, you want justice. God's action towards people are right because his, it is his nature. His nature is just. It is right. He cannot be bribed. He cannot be swayed. He cannot be uh, altered from, from right. Justice will be prevailed. Righteousness refers to God's character, his behavior. Uh, what he is doing is right, and his promises are right. And so if you just look at these two words, I don't know about you, but I do a quick eval of my life, and what do I deserve, and God is just as holy and righteous. I, I don't match up to that. It leaves me hopeless. It leaves me dis- dismayed. Because honestly, I'm condemned because I cannot stand before a just and holy and righteous God. He cannot turn away from sin. He cannot excuse sin because of the sake of love. He has declared what is right and cannot do anything against who He is. And the penalty of my actions, and rightly so, is death and destruction. Period. Praise the Lord that it's not done there. What's that first word? His steadfast love. In the context of, of justice and, and righteousness is His steadfast love. What is His steadfast love? It's referring to God's loyalty, His faithfulness, how He will never forsake you. He will never abandon you. He will never leave you on His own. And that it is because of God's justice, it's because of God's righteousness and His steadfast love that He sent Jesus to take my place on the cross. Because He can't just overlook sin. Someone has to take the penalty. John John 3.16, very well-known verse. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned. Amen. Right? Amen. A God that is just, a God that is righteous, I am condemned and guilty. He loved me so much, he sent his son Jesus to pay that penalty, to pay that, that, that due. And his love welcomes me in to be a part of his family. I no longer stand condemned and forsaken by God because of His justice and righteousness. But I stand with Him because of what Jesus has done on the cross. I no longer stand far running away from Him, but now I am under His protection. God now defends His faithful people. He aids their their misery. He delivers them from unjust oppression. And also He restrains the wicked and, and suffers them not to injury not to injure the innocent of their, their pleasure. He's, he's watching out for our best interest. So because of Jesus, we no longer boast, or we can boast that we were condemned, were enemies of God, but now are protected by the very thing that we were standing against. 
Because God is not a God who wants to find flaws in our character, in our actions, and, and smother us under His righteous thumb. He doesn't take delight in that. Scripture tells us what He takes delight in. He delights in His steadfast love. He delights in His justice and His righteousness. For in these things, He says, I delight, declares the Lord. God has delivered us and saved us. His forever love is upon us. And this is something that we can boast about. Now justice will be done on earth. God's righteousness will be done. But we can boast in knowing and understanding Him that judgment is no longer something that we need to deal with because He's already dealt with it. We no longer have to boast in our wisdom. But now we can boast in knowing and understanding God because He has promised to give us that wisdom. Psalm 111 that we talked about. We no longer have to boast in our, in our influence, our ranking, our strength, but we can boast in understanding that God has made us servants and placed us in a, in a specific location to do His business, whether great or whether small. Colossians 3.23, whatever you do, do it with all your heart and do it for God and not for men. We no longer have to boast in our wealth, but we can boast in understanding and knowing God as we function out of His steadfast love, His justice and righteous, that we are not condemned because we operate out of the currency of love and not out of the currency of money. So what does that look like? Biggest example, first example popped in my mind is Paul. In Philippians 3, he goes through this whole list, this whole long resume of, of, oh, you think you have reason to boast. You think you are born in the right family, in the right country, uh, have the the right ability, right strengths, uh, the right education. And he goes through, verses 4 and 5, goes through and says, oh, yeah, you think you got the best resume. Let me just show you my resume here. And he lists them all out. But at the end, what does he say? But whatever I gain. I count as lost for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as lost because of the surpassing worth of what? Knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. Second example that came to mind was Hannah, the mother of the prophet Samuel. She opens her prayer as this, My heart exalts the Lord. This is in 1 Samuel 2, if you're taking notes. My heart exalts in the Lord. My, heart, my horn is exalted in the Lord. My mouth derides my enemies because I rejoice in your salvation. There is none holy like the, God, like the Lord, for there is none besides you. There is no rock like my God. It was never about Hannah overcoming her barrenness. And having a son. It was not about her son. But it was always about God. Why? Because he was the source of her son. He was her source of her happy circumstance. And last example that comes to mind is is David. Uh, Reading through Psalms, which I think is is great, and I do it. Sometimes, some seasons are hard, but uh, every day I try to read read five Psalms and and a proverb. And so what that is, is five Psalms, Psalms are attached to our hearts, aligning our hearts up to God. A proverb 
helps us align our minds up to God. And so to have that reminder each and every day, both our heart and our intellect, is a great reminder. But Psalms uh, 142 talks with David. So David is given uh, the promise of being king, and then yeah, he just ushers right up, takes the throne, right? No! He's, his life is being threatened all the time. So for years, Saul is after him. He's in this cave, and so this is where he writes this psalm. And so he complains to God about in the psalm. But in verse uh, 5, he says this. After complaining about his situation, he says, I cry to the Lord, and I say, you are my refuge, my portion in, in this land of living, of the living. He's declaring, he's boasting, yeah, my circumstances stink right now. I have been promised to be king. I am stuck in a cave being killed where my family and loved ones are all away from me. It's an awful situation. But what does he say? You are my refuge, Lord. You are my portion in this land. We can boast in the Lord when times are good. We can boast in, in the Lord when times are bad. A couple weeks back, and we actually sang it in a youth group this past week. It's a song from Ren Collective. And it's titled, Your Name is Power, which we do sing some songs from Ren Collective. Last week we sang, Build Your Kingdom Here. And there's another one too I'm, I'm blanking on. But this song, uh, Mel shared it with me, so I happened to, to go on and to listen to it. And uh, they had the, the band talk about where uh, these, where, how the song came to be about. And so I have a short clip I want to show you. You'll like them because they have an, an Australian accent, so everyone with accents are cool and you listen to them. So I just wanted to show you real quick uh, their cool accent. Just, um, the song took a little bit of a turn as you were writing it, but where it landed was really amazing. Yeah, well, we actually started writing the song. We were asked a lot of questions, and the first verse was to be, is there any hope among the darkness? Is there any light among your own? Like, that's kind of... We were come from that place. We were looking around the world, looking at our own situations and asking these questions. And then we realized that, you know, in times of uncertainty, yes, there are questions, but what we need to do as a church and what we need to do as individuals is to proclaim truth. Mm -hmm. And so we actually changed that whole first verse to you're the answer in the darkness. You know, you're the right among the wrong. And and that for us gave, gave us so much more purpose and much more strength uh, because... Uh, as, as congregations, and whenever the world is changing, everything's going on, like we need to stand up and be bold and proclaim truth. We need to declare um, the truth in the darkness rather than retreating or getting lost within our doubts and questions. Uh, we need to be brave and stand up. And uh, yeah, your name is Par, like God's name. That's This whole song is about God's name and, uh, and what he does and what he says. Besides his accent and his nice-looking beard, we're all in, in a point where, like he said, we're in the darkness and we have questions. And those questions are, are normal, are natural. But we can't just stay in those questions and throw hur like hurls up at God and, and demand. And I, I have this illustration, which... Uh, it's like when you have a dog and you know the dog... You know, licks, barks, and, and eats, and does what dogs do. But you, you, you come to a, a situation, and you look at your dog, and you say, how do I know that you're a dog? No, you've already barked. Yeah, I know that one. Oh, I know you already sit. No, show me how you're a dog. Show me. 
no, I know you can sniff your butt. You know, yeah, show me that you're a dog. But we do the same thing to God. You know, it's, it's a comical, comical thing about a dog, but we do the same thing with God. We ask questions. We have all these doubts. But He's given us what we need. We, we, we have to go from asking those questions to proclaiming the truth. Because like that song says, He is the light in the darkness. He is our hope. And so when we're in bad situations, we, we don't run and hide in our cave and sulk in depression or the weightiness of the world because that's not what God wants us to do. But when we in those places begin to whisper, God has called me out of darkness. He's made me a new creation. He's given me life, and not only just life, but life to abundance. And he's promised me a future, a future of hope in Christ Jesus. And his promises, his steadfast love, his justice and his righteousness bring us out, brings us out of the depths of hell into the green pasture. And so when your day is not going well and things are falling apart, say this, I will boast in knowing and understanding because God through all tribulations, all distresses, all persecutions or famine or nakedness uh, or dangers or death, we are more than conquerors. For I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor anything present or things to come nor powers or height or death or anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us, separate me from the love of God in Christ Jesus. This day may go to hell, but I am still his, and this cannot separate me from him. You might feel like no one is listening to you, and your voice is not being heard, but you can boast in knowing and understanding God knows my, knows my voice and has promised to hear every single word that I speak to him and has promised to answer on my behalf. You, don't, you might think that you don't have any purpose and you don't know what your purpose is. You can say this, I will boast in knowing the Lord because God who made me, a ho- he has made me a holy partaker of a heavenly calling. I will not know the whole picture, but I will boast in God who does. I will boast in knowing that his plans give me a future and a hope in Jesus. You may say that you don't have enough money, but you can boast in knowing that God understands and will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. You might be driving around in an S10 and not a F250, or might be using a dull pencil and not a smart board, but nonetheless, he has given me everything that I need to glorify him, and I will do just that. You may not know how things will come to be or how this is going to happen, but we can boast in knowing and understanding God, who has started something in me, has promised to bring it to completion at the day of Christ, a day of Jesus Christ. And I will boast in knowing he will never leave me nor abandon me. I might be single and there might be no prospects, but I can boast in knowing and understanding God has welcomed me into a relationship with himself. Knowing that despite my feelings, and be, being single is a gift. And I will rejoice and be glad in the Lord, longing for that wedding day. 
I may not know what's going, to be hap- what's going to happen with my family, but I can boast in knowing and understanding God is close. I do not need to be anxious about anything. I can freely come to God and make this known to Him, and He will work on my behalf. I boast having God's peace, which surpasses all understanding. Why? Because He guards my heart and mind in Christ Jesus. I'm scared about what's going to happen. We can boast in knowing and understanding that God promises to give me life that is overflowing. I don't have to be fearful because Jesus is with me. He will lead me through this. He's ahead of me. He will give me strength and help me with his mighty right hand. I cannot do it myself, but in his strength, I can do it. My health is not the same as as it was. I can boast in knowing and understanding that God will renew my inner self Day by day, making me more like his son, Jesus Christ. Have you gotten the point? I can keep going on. Worry, I worry about the choices that he or she is going to make. Boast in knowing and understanding God will fight on my behalf. Even when I can't say a single word, the Lord will fight for me. He loves that person. He's not going to let them go to hell. He's going to do whatever he can so that they come to a point where they will see his truth and turn to him. You might be taken advantage of and things were stolen from you, but you can boast in knowing and understanding God who has given you himself in salvation, it can never be taken away. He will defend you. He will deliver you. He will uh, bring you up out of unjust oppression. You just find out about bad news. You can boast in knowing and understanding God is able and willing to receive all of your anxieties all of your worries, because he loves you. He's promised to lead you, to go before you, and to make your way straight. Yeah, but my family and my friends, they've all abandoned me. But you can boast in knowing God has promised to always be with you through the good times and through the bad. He is near to the brokenhearted. And he's promised to never abandon me. Keep making bad decisions. You can boast in knowing and understanding God's love never ceases and His mercies never run out. Tomorrow is a new day and His mercies are new. He is faithful. His faithfulness is great and I will hope in Him. I will praise Him because I cannot do anything more to earn an ounce of love or for him to take away love he's shown me. He loves me 100% to the max all the time despite my failings. I feel like I'm failing at life. Boast in knowing and understanding God because I will be afflicted in every way. I may be crushed, but I... Or I may be afflicted in every way, but I will not be crushed. I may be perplexed, but I will not be driven to despair. I may be persecuted, but I will not be forsaken. I may be struck down, but I will not be destroyed. I am in this life, and Jesus is being manifested in and through me. Life is crazy. You can boast in knowing and understanding that no matter what happens, God remains your refuge and your strength and your very present help in the time of need. 
past seems to come back and haunt me. I just can't shake it. But you can boast in knowing and understanding that God of the universe, the creator of everything, declares that I am new. My past is dead and gone. I'm alive in a new creation because of Christ. These are, and the list can go on and on and on. But these are the things that we can boast on. We all have problems. Life is hard. But we cannot keep demanding God to show Himself to be God when He has already showed Himself to be God. He doesn't take the light in our wisdom, in our strength, in our influence. He delights in His steadfast love, in His justice, in His righteousness. He wants us to boast in who He is because He will take care of us. He will lead us on. He will give us the answers. He will give clarity because He is God and we are not. The problem is is not that we boast. The problem is that we need to boast in the Lord. Let's pray. Father, this is a, a, a passage that is a nice reminder of who we are. So often I put confidence in my ability and what I have or, or the gifts that you've given me and I've forgotten about you. So Father, we confess this morning. We confess our, our, our fake and false facades that we put up saying that we're all put together. We have the strength, we have the ability, giving little thought or, or notice to you. And Father, we repent of that. We turn from that, knowing that our abilities could not save us. But Father, we turn to you, reminding ourselves of who you are and what you're doing and what you're calling us to do. And Father, you have given us everything that we need. And so Father, as we begin to have these questions, allow us to Remind us that we don't need to sulk in those questions. But, but simply those questions are springboards into praising you, springboards into the promises that you've given us, that we can boast saying that I don't deserve it, yeah. But it was given to me. Isn't that great? So Father, remind us today that we can be that light, that beacon to a world who is on the highway to hell, who needs to exit and turn on that still, small path that you have us on, that we can hold on to your truth. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.